let's explore Gomer Pyle and eight other spiritual poems. This is Lama Jigme Gyatso. Welcome to Meditate Like a Jedi. Today's first poem, Gomer Pyle. I'm not going to say I was a clueless child, but when it came time to try out for choir, I did so after the style of Gomer Pyle's baritone. One bar into the piece, and I was summarily dismissed and wept all the way back to class. Today's second poem bed. In dark of night, I adjust my heavy blanket made of velour, like Captain Kirk's tunic. I hear the crackle of static electricity, and in the dark see short-lived sparks, a tiny electrical storm upon my bed. Today's third poem, Transforming. When we gradually change from children to adults, our affections to our parents also change. From the devotion of a toddler to the benign givers of life and knowers of all things who kindly lift us up in their arms or angrily over their knees. Yes, as we transition into adulthood and our height rivals theirs and our strength rivals theirs and our wisdom, it would seem, rivals theirs. Then our devotion of inferior to superior transforms into love of equal to equal. Evolution, it would seem, is cognizant of inertia, wherein a child is happy to remain a child, and a parent happy to remain a parent. And both could be resistant to the evolution of the roles from parent and children to peers and from devotion to love. And so in the tumult of a puberty's transformation, evolution selects for lust and frustration and rage to fan the transformation, the fires of transformation's forge like the lava flows on Mustafar. Desire and anger overcoming the compliance and comfort and, yes, even fear. If, for if adolescents did not foolishly believe their parents to be fools and tyrants and themselves to be wise and invincible, what would ever change? And upon setting out upon their own, and having been slapped about the head and shoulders by the cruelties and vicissitudes of outrageous fortune, anger and hubris are tempered, and in the heart of a young adult, 
when they gaze over their shoulders back upon their parents, a seemingly effortless ability to make it in the world, awe and respect could creep back into their hearts, transforming them from angry adolescent refugees of childhood to respectful friends of their parents. Today's fourth poem, Trouble. I'm not going to say that the Texas mosquitoes are more aggressive than the California ones that I am used to, but they did lift me by the shoulders and drag me up behind the bushes. I'm not going to say that the Texas mosquitoes are enthusiastic, but when I went outside for morning meditation, I did hear a multitude of tiny little voices squeaking, in unison. I'm not going to say that the Texas mosquitoes act entitled, but they did slather me with barbecue sauce. Today's fifth poem, Afar. There will be those who cannot see us clearly, who will not respect us, nor value us, nor even give us the benefit of the doubt. There is a special anger that seems to whimper, why won't you love me the way I need to be loved? These sad folk we cannot benefit, and with these folk we must not linger, but rather content ourselves to love them from afar. Today's sixth poem, Drain. Every man has known the experience of awaking full of energy to start the day's projects and turning to his partner to see her lift her head, eyes still closed, and hiss in demand of greater sleep. For men in partnership live longer than bachelors do, and single women live longer than married ones. Men, our very presence seems, seems to be draining the women we love. Come, may we let them sleep in. Today's seventh poem, Walk. It is fear, the legacy of our brainstem, that strives to control others with threats and cajoling. Yoda was right. The path to the dark side fear is. Come, let us walk in love and acquiescence. Today's eighth poem, Wallet. Bodhidharma, the Indian priest, uh, prince turned monk, who brought non-theistic Zen to China, had but only two students, and yet 
There is not a Zen temple in Japan, nor a Chan temple in China, where a statue or an image of him cannot be found. Jesus had no megachurch, and Bodhidharma had only two students. Is it not folly to measure the greatness of a man by the size of his wallet, uh, of his wallet or the strength of his fame? Today's ninth and final poem, Fish. For months he made a daily video immediately upon rousing himself from meditation and occasionally seemed to intuit the larger brush strokes of the Tao Te Ching. When he offered a workshop, I was genuinely excited to attend. The day finally arrived, and Ignoring the screaming of my intuition, I attended. He was late to his own workshop, and when he finally arrived, he spouted new thought falderal, without a trace of the Tao. Like Yoda on Dagobah, I played the vulnerable fool and he missed no opportunity to choose yang over yin and contrivance over simplicity. I felt betrayed, for that which was promised was not what he delivered. It would seem he built a career on deception and manipulation, like a fish hauled out of water and whacked with an oar. I was too stunned to demand a refund. May the teachers you encounter be wise and kind. Let us conclude with a simple call to action. This podcast will never have any advertisements. So, support us monthly on PayPal and like us on your podcast service to help others find us, just as you found us as well. If meditation has felt impossible or boring or just out of reach, you are welcome to register at buddhajoy.org for the next series of live, online, meditation class webinars that meet once a week.